0: Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Shalom. This is Yiska Smith coming to you from Pardes in Jerusalem. Welcome to the fourth episode in Preparing to Experience Inner Freedom and Liberation through the lens of Rav Cook's commentaries on the Haggadah Shal Pesach. In episode 3, we learned about the process, the flow of moving from the first eating of the matzah, which was the lower form of eating when one is physically hungry, to the last time we eat matzah, at the end of the meal, the afikoman, symbolic of the Korban Pesach, which is the higher form of eating, moving from sustaining ourselves physically to sustaining ourselves spiritually. And we also discussed the theme throughout the Seder, quoted in the Mishnah in Pesachim 10.4, of beginning with derogation and ending with praise. Pesachim Chapter 10, Mishnah 4. And how to begin in derogation? We discussed the different opinions between Rav and Shmuel. Rav was very much concerned about our spiritual state, so he thought it was important to begin the Seder by mentioning we were, our fathers were idol worshipers. And Shmuel believed that we needed to address the physical pain of being enslaved. So he believed that we should begin this derogation in the beginning with laparo, that we were slaves to Paro in Egypt. And as we mentioned in episode 3, in conclusion, in today's Haggadot, and we learned also from the Maharal of Prague, that in fact we recite both. We recite the Physical derogation of Adim Hayinu Leparo and we also recite the spiritual derogation that in the beginning, originally, our fathers were idolaters. So Rob Cook asks the question why bring this up at all? Why would the Mishnah bring up that we are supposed to be- begin? as if the smaller piece of matzah from yachatz is the derogation, and then end with praise, which is what the afikomen symbolizes. So why bring up the degrading themes of idolatry and slavery at all? After all, we're sitting down to celebrate freedom, liberation, both historically and within ourselves spiritually. Hmm. The whole point is that we are to find meaning not only in the end states of freedom and service of the true God, but in the means, the inglorious states that preceded as well. Rav Cook mentions this a lot in his commentaries on the Haggadah Shal Pesach. He actually teaches to this in all of his Svarim, in all of his books. He does not want us to ever forget where we came from. Because where we came from is what leads us to where we are now. So if wherever we may find ourselves now is a cause for celebration, is a source of gratitude, brings us inner joy, it's only because of what we and where we came from and what we endured. Our experience, he teaches, as slaves, avadim hayinu laparo b'mitzrayim, inculcated in us a servile attitude, which serves as a valuable resource even when one has attained freedom. In a truly free state, one is free to humble oneself when it is appropriate to do so. Specifically, and, and namely, in the service of God, Avodat Hashem. We knew what it was like to be in service to. But instead of being forced to be in service to another human being, we are given free will to decide, we are given, we're actually gifted the privilege, the blessing of choosing to be in service to the Almighty, to the divine. And I would like to suggest to the divine within us to really be in service to that. And if it weren't for the fact, the historical reality that we experienced over 200 years of being in servitude, we may never have ever imagined what that consciousness would have been like. So that's why he believes it's important to bring up the mentioning at the seder table when we are celebrating our freedom that we originally were slaves to Paro. What about mentioning that our fathers originally were idolaters? By the same token, it was by divine design that our ancestors were once idolaters. In this pagan mind, imagination runs wild. There were no limitations. There were no rules. There were no boundaries unbridled imagination runs free. If there had never been in our spiritual evolution, a stage of paganism, this is where we came from in Egypt. We were surrounded by it. We were immersed in it. We would have been bereft of the unhampered imaginative faculty. This would result in a service of God that is overly cerebral, sterile, and lackluster. The Rav develops this insight further. It's 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 actually, it's really radical. It's really radical that he would look back at such a source of shame, such a source of mamash derogation and see that it brought us, that we took something from it that without it, we would not be able to bring into our current free state of celebrating our own Judaism. And that is imagination. The derogation, the Gnut originally that our fathers were idolaters, eventually became cause for praise. Shevach. So he asks, how so? Because of Israel's tendency to spirituality and intellectualism, which comes from their role as a holy people destined to make known the name of God in his world, there might have arisen a situation in which the power of imagination would have been totally lost. What would our Judaism look like today without creative thinking, without honoring our feelings, without our capacity to imagine? Imagination, the Rav teaches, is necessary for the perfection of the world and its tikkun, its fixing, its healing, its mending. The entire aesthetic realm is found on imagination. Look in the realm of fine arts, music, painting, sculpture, creative thinking, research and development working in a laboratory, thinking up new ideas. All of this really draws on the power of the human being, the ability of the human being to imagine that which has yet to be realized. Imagination plays a part in strengthening the body, which tends to be weakened by the intellect and overcome by spirituality so that the race would remain firmly rooted in the imaginative and material aspect, the Lord prepared a cure ahead of time. As we say in the Gemara, that, ha Kodesh makdim et Im ha-rufua, that the cure actually is created before the sickness. Originally, yes, our fathers were idolaters. That was a source of shame. That was a spiritual malady. In those ancestors, though, there was a disproportionate amount of materialism and imaginative ability, unchecked by pure intellect and knowledge of God. But out of this ganute, out of this derogation, there came cause for shevach, for praise. Now, the Holy One, may He be blessed, the Infinite One. The Ain Sof has brought us close to His heart service. And we say in the Haggadah, shortly after we say uh, that originally our fathers were idolaters, what do we say? That now, Hamakom, God, the Lord, how holy one! Blessed be He. The Shekhinah has brought us close to His service, and we are able to enrich the divine service, Avodat Hashem, with all those talents found in our ancestral roots. There is a place in divine service for bodily strength, imaginative ability. Creative thinking, honoring our feelings once they have been refined. So, therefore, in conclusion, as we sit down and celebrate, remember, Chifra, our past may greatly, greatly enhance and beautify our present. Actually, I want to leave you with this thought that according to Ralph Cook, our past is our is its purpose is to greatly enhance and beautify our present. So all of you, all of you, honor your past as you move towards your present into your wonderful future. Thank you to God for listening, and I look forward to sharing episode five, Be'ezrat Hashem. Please God with all of you tomorrow. Kol tu. Thank you to our Pardes faculty, and a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning, and visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.